This is the Defenders podcast on TV Podcast Industries, and we're talking about What If, Season 2, Episode 7, What If Hela Found the Ten Rings. I was not aware that such magic still existed on Midgard. (laughs) Our realm is a border protecting the people of Earth from threats of the underworld. Threats like you. Mm. I assure you, I mean no harm. My quarrels with a man named Wenwu. Well, technically it was my father. I guess you could say it was both of them. Also, my dad has this new girlfriend, Frigga. She's a dreadful woman, not really a fan of hers either. So, yeah, it's just those three. So, don't suppose I could interest you all in taking up arms in my name? That sounds like a pass. Yes, totally get it. But these threats of the underworld you speak of, you wouldn't happen to know of any of them um, looking for work? Welcome back, fellow Defenders. This is the Defenders podcast on TV Podcast Industries, and we are discussing the new season of What If. This installment, Episode 7, is asking the question, What If Hella Found the Ten Rings? I am one of your hosts, John. I am your other host, Derek. Yes, and we are still Chrysalis. Yeah. Um, yes. Yeah. He's just skiving now at this stage. I think he is. Um, I think that's all we can say. <laughs> We've given him enough time now. He should definitely have been. <laughs> he should have recovered. <laughs> <laughs> but he will be back. We're very hopeful he'll be back for the uh, last two episodes uh, for 16.02 and the finale as well. So uh, very hopeful. We're crossing our fingers. Yes. And legs and toes and <laughs> you name it. Everything that we can, we will cross. Exactly. But welcome back, fellow defenders, mm-hmm. to this installment of What If. Uh, before we get into our spoiler-filled discussion of the episode, uh, just a quick reminder, you can head on over to tvpodcastindustries.com where you can subscribe to the podcast on any mysterious podcast player in the multiverse of your choice. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can also send in your feedback, thoughts, comments, and theories by email to feedback at tvpodcastindustries.com or within the spoiler-filled comment posts over on our Facebook group, which is at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash TV Podcast Industries. Uh, and you can send in all those theories to us uh, for our feedback section. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. Shall we get in to this episode of What If? Yes, we shall. Yeah, absolutely. Derek, what are some of the episode details for What If Hella Found the Ten Rings? Well, executive producers of the show, of course, are Brian Andrews, AC Bradley, and Brad Winderbaum. With Kevin Feige, of course. Uh, the head writer for the show is AC Bradley for this season. As we mentioned last episode, she has announced her departure after the end of season two of uh, What If, so not involved in season three. Uh, this episode, though, is written by Matthew Chauncey, who's written uh, multiple episodes of What If, and, of course, directed by Brian Andrews. Excellent stuff. The team back uh, together again. Exactly, yes. exactly. John, do you want to tell us what they gave us with your synopsis for What If, season two, episode seven, What If Hella? Found the Ten Rings. Sure. Grown weary of Hela's bloodlust in the Nine Realms, Odin banishes her to Earth and strips her powers by destroying Molnir and placing an enchantment on her crown. Hela lands in medieval China and is confronted by the armies of Zhu Wenwu. She attempts to retrieve the crown but fails. 
when Wu keeps Heller alive and tries to recruit her to his army. But she escapes after failing to steal his ten rings. She's guided by a hundun to the realm of Talao, where she convinces their leader, Jai, to let her join their cause. Jai teaches Heller martial arts after she recognizes her true desire for freedom from control. After Heimdall reports his failure to locate Hela, Odin visits Earth to battle Wenwu in retaliation. Hela joins Wenwu in fighting against Odin, ultimately winning and regaining her worthiness to wield her crown. Odin recognizes Hela's growth and submits Asgard's throne to her. Hela unites the armies of Asgard and Wenwu's Ten Rings organization and embarks on a journey to ensure freedom across the Nine Realms and beyond, coming to the rescue of Gamora's people as Thanos attacks them. Yes, another episode of What If, another death of Thanos. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Thanos is getting it in the neck. He is. He really and is. And and arms and back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's really <laughs> he's really not succeeding in his plan. Not at all. No. No, no in, the, in all of the universes. <laughs> so I guess with the 14 million possibilities that Doctor Strange saw in, uh, in Avengers Endgame, um, I guess this was the only uh, universe that, uh, that Thanos succeeded. Well, I always feel that prediction by Doctor Strange was Mm -hmm. within his own universe. And ultimately as well, an unchanged universe. So if there was a change Mm -hmm. like this, what would have happened? Yes, yeah. But, I mean, I guess with the time ring, he could have gone back and made that change. But I don't think that was part of the equation. Mm. I think it was always about, from that point, what? options are there exactly because you can't go back and change the past if you do it creates yeah. a new universe and it's less dramatic if uh, tony stark doesn't die that's true that's very I true. guess <laughs> that's very true you know keep the tension mm-hmm. keep the tension uh but yes fellow defenders uh we will get into our spoiler filled discussion and um, first off though Derek, overall what did you think you know, I was really excited for this episode um, when when I saw the the um, titles of the episode coming up because I was going, Shang-Chi is one of my favorite uh, movies. So revisiting uh, that universe, revisiting that world uh, is going to be really exciting. And I was kind of going, oh, Hela's coming back as well. Really like Hela, it's a cool character. Uh, hasn't gotten much outside of that one movie. So I got really excited about it. And then, of course, it makes sense of course, in, in the way the show is constructed it makes loads of sense that it would be Helen Wenwu on screen I'm kind of hoping that we were going to get Shang-Chi uh, back on screen uh, okay unfortunately yeah. uh, not able to incorporate him in the story this time so uh, great to get Kate yeah. Blanchett doing the voice absolutely Hela. Yeah, really yeah. good I loved her deadpan kind of delivery absolutely. as well lots yeah. of quips in in this episode which I really really enjoyed yeah apparently uh, when Matthew Chauncey and uh, and AC Bradley were originally discussing the possibility that they could get Kate Blanchett back they were going to use her for an episode in season one uh, one of the episodes I think party Thor maybe at least one of the Thor episodes they were going to get the family back together and Matthew Chauncey kind of said, if we get Kate Blanchett on board, we need to give her her own episode, right? We need to make her the center of it. It's Kate Blanchett. So that's where they came up with the idea of this one. Excellent stuff. It's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. excellent. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I really enjoyed this mm-hmm. as well. Um, I, and I was kind of surprised how it went, to be honest. Uh, you know, with Hela finding the Ten Rings, that kind of positive question mm-hmm. there. Um, I thought it was not going to be quite as sort of um, sunshine and lollipops uh, by the end. Um, So I was kind of really kind of 
pleased about that because it completely circumvented my thoughts of where it was going to go. Mm-hmm. I liked it was actually, you know, less about Hella finding the Ten Rings, but finding Wen Wu and finding herself. Yes, I suppose it's a little bit of a, a nature versus nurture yeah, uh, kind exactly. of question here. Um, yeah. And when nurtured by Odin, her father, she becomes uh, the angel of death, effectively. <laughs> but, uh, but when she gets the training from the people from Tao Lo, she, uh, she becomes... Um, all good and kindness. A good and, angel. A yes. good angel. I love the suit in white. Actually, oh, it's cool. At the end. It was yeah, really yeah. good. Yeah. Really good. But let us get into our top three points. Mm-hmm. Uh, starting off with what if we had seen this before? What are the cinematic universe movies from Marvel? Yeah. That are referenced here. Once again, the movie Thor Ragnarok yes. here uh, with Hela being in it. But Ragnarok not as such happening because <laughs> otherwise we would be saying that Asgard was getting it in the neck a lot. Exactly. Uh, in, in in these episodes of of what if as well yeah um yeah, the connection to ragnarok yeah. really is is the um the story that leads up to hella going to hell is is what's being referenced yeah. here so we don't get much of the actual ragnarok story but i think that's quite interesting because what you effectively get is the kind of the prologue of thor ragnarok that's referenced here it's the hella backstory way before we have thor and uh, and um loki and whatever's going on with them in ragnarok so that's the story that they've taken from ragnarok and they've taken from shang chi and the legend of the ten rings they've taken the backstory of wenwu um and what happens with him and how he was in control of the ten rings so that's the other big movie that they're referencing here is uh, Shang-Chi and the Ten Rings of course if you haven't seen that movie uh, go out and see it it's excellent it's really really good yeah, especially the story of Wenwu uh, at the beginning of that movie where it tells the tale of how he's been using the Ten Rings over the centuries uh, to protect Earth as he uh, as he likes to say yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, I, I love this idea as well that, you know, with Heimdall losing um, the the sight of Hela mm-hmm. while she's on Earth, I, I love the fact that he then also spots the Ten Rings, these, these magical, powerful, non-Earth devices yeah. uh, in the hands of a mortal, which Odin finds sort of inconceivable absolutely. that that could be the case, and actually that that would be a threat to asgard and the other realms that Mm. he has conquered and it's kind of the arrogance of gods really here you know a bit like with greek mythology and so on i kind of liked how that plays here absolutely Um, you know no mortal should be in control and wield such powerful artifacts you know yes and this is an interesting reference to something in the future of the mcu which i like uh because um shang chi ended with uh, Shang being taken away by Sorcerer Supreme Wong, right? Because yeah. <laughs> he was still the Sorcerer Supreme, wasn't he? he was. uh, so Wong uh, takes away Shang-Chi. They meet up with Captain Marvel and um, Banner, and they're trying to investigate where the Ten Rings could come from. So yeah. interestingly, that's a post credit scene in Shang-Chi that hopefully will play out in the Shang-Chi 2 movie, which has been announced now. Um, but we've never been able to return to that. In the other movies that followed it, we've never returned to that no, story true, of actually. it. So yeah. here we have Odin and Heimdall talking about the fact that these are extraterrestrial in origin and yeah. they shouldn't be on Earth uh, and shouldn't be the hand- in the hands of a mortal. So that's that's quite interesting that we're kind of looking into the future of the MCU a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Uh, but yeah, really good to have uh, 
a Shang Chi uh, movie referenced here as yeah. well for the first time in in What If? Exactly. I thought that was really good. Absolutely, and there is one other movie that a lot of inspiration is taken from for this, but it kind of connects to what the small change is. So that's our, our second major point: the small change that's happened in this universe is that instead of Hela being banished to hell uh, as she was in Thor Ragnarok, as we saw in Thor Ragnarok, uh, Hela is banished to Earth. And yes. this is very similar to the first Thor movie that Thor got banished to Earth because of his arrogance, because he didn't, uh, he, he didn't control his powers the way that Odin wanted him to. Here, Hela's banished to Earth, her powers removed. Odin puts uh, effectively a spell on her crown saying that until she learns humility, she won't or be able anyone, to get. Not until, just, that's yeah. true. It could be anybody it could else. It could be yeah. anyone that effectively worthy of that crown mm-hmm. in the same way Thor or someone had to be worthy of holding um, Meow Meow, uh, or Mjolnir. <laughs> Mjolnir yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I really like that, uh-huh. um, for sure. Um, and I think, yeah, to that, se- our second point, you know, what if there was that small change yeah. and what flows from that, uh, you know, f- from that initial premise mm-hmm. of, of this episode is, you know, we have this great kind of almost learning and unlearning of Hela. You know, I, I love the fact that we got, as you say, that prologue of Odin and Hela conquering the Nine Realms, but effectively Hela wanting to continue kind of this bloodlust and, and challenging Odin to to continue that he's mm-hmm. gone weak as he's kind of drawing back and trying to consolidate. You know, he's yep. got control of the Nine Realms. That's the extent of his ambition, really. Yes. Yep. Um, and she is wanting to go further beyond uh, the Nine Realms and across the cosmos. Uh, so he strips her, as you say, of her power and of her crown um, and casts her out into Midgard, yes. uh, onto Earth. Um, and it's the crown can only be worn by someone who has mercy, mm-hmm. you know, to wield that power yes. uh, that comes with being the the goddess of death, effectively. Exactly. Uh, exactly. So I really thought that was uh, great. And I love having then Hela on Midgard mm-hmm. and just the arrogance of her confronting a fairly um, relaxed and sort of knowing uh, when we really. I kind of really enjoyed this. It's like... He could understand that this came from outside of Earth, mm-hmm. from off planet, yeah. because he's experienced that with the Ten Rings. He kind of understands that. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so, you know, I guess there's a bit of gambling going on in some yeah. of his calculations, certainly where, uh, you know, he takes her to her crown uh-huh. um, and says, well, put it on there. Okay. And I, I love, uh, I love Hella's, um, you know, uh, sort of response to that. Are you stupid or brave? Maybe a bit of both, mm-hmm. you know, um, as, you know, she's told him she's the goddess of death and, well, you're escorting me to the instrument of your ultimate destruction because exactly. she thinks she's just going to be able to pick it up. Yeah. And then she can't, you yeah. know? I, I kind of like that. And I like. I thought it was cool. Yeah. yeah. I, th- I thought it was good. I think I, there was that moment, that moment exactly as yourself. I was thinking, hang on a second. What if this doesn't work or what if, yeah, exactly. what if his approach here falls completely apart and he gets beaten by Hela she's very powerful you exactly know? Yeah. but Odin had just uttered those words exactly. and she had just lost that and hadn't mm-hmm. been on any journey to correct yeah. who she thinks she is and what she's capable of doing and the entitlement of it so Absolutely. I guess it was always going to be that case but you just and I think that's where when we was doing the, the gamble yes um, yeah. and 
I, I kind of really enjoyed where she's doing that, you know, because again, it was that sort of nice balance within this episode of Quippy where she's going, oh, that's really lodged in there. You know, mm-hmm. she's trying to <laughs> heave it off and put it on her head. Yeah. But also then as she's close in on it, the plead or, you know, almost to Odin, mm-hmm. don't do this to me. Exactly. You know, yeah. realizing maybe in that moment what, um, he has actually stripped her of, yeah, you know, exactly. in terms of that power. Exactly. So I thought this was really, really good. Yeah, and and side by side, the shot of her trying to pull at the uh, the crown in the rain looks exactly like um, Chris Hemsworth in Thor in in the rain in Mexico as yeah. as he's trying to pull Mjolnir out of the out of the ground. It's it's perfectly animated side by side. Uh, some other cool things that are that are done really well in the animation and in the performance of Kate Blanchett. Uh, I love where she rubs her hands over her head just like she did as she arrived on Asgore, Asgard to reveal herself as this uh, queen of death effectively yeah. where she got the crown this time she throws her hands back and nothing happens at all and then you see her throw her two hands to her side to try and get her her daggers out that she uh, that she used to kill so many people in Asgard and um, and again, they don't come. They exactly. don't come calling because she's lost all of those powers. Yeah, she's exactly. just a human right now. Yeah, it was it was really good. But I like then the other shift of this with Wen Wu, where mm. you know, effectively he brings her in. You know, he keeps saying, "I want her alive." You know, yep. don't kill her. Um, but proposes an alliance uh, with uh, himself. You know, to fight side by side to protect the world. That, Absolutely. You know, and I really yeah. kind of. I like that. And I like the fact that, you know, Helen's response is, you wouldn't be proposing that if you knew who I was, mm-hmm. you know, like my father. And he's like, yeah. I'm not your father. Exactly. And again, the quippiness of where he puts her in a red gown mm-hmm. and, you know, she's saying, well, it won't stain when I slit your throat, you know, <laughs> exactly. or, or the other side of it is when we're saying, you know, normally it's a, it's a color used in weddings. And mm-hmm. she goes, I thought this was a proposal, not a, a, an, you know, a life sentence, you know, and I kind of, I just yeah. loved all the, really good. the, the, the chit chat and yeah. the, the dialogue in this episode to me was really, really good it was. as well as the, just the whole concept of it. Absolutely, absolutely. I do like no matter what universe you're in here with Wen Wu, he's always open to love, isn't he? Yeah. Uh, that was, that's the kind of interesting thing, Wen Wu's story in Shang-Chi is that he meets with yeah. uh, Shang-Chi's mother um, and they form a relationship, they fall in love and they have children together. So uh, here he is falling in love with Hela instead because Hela has arrived much earlier in this history. Uh, he is still looking for uh, Tello. He is still looking for these types of artifacts in the world like he did with the Ten Rings. So uh, that's why he finds Hela's crown. But here, because of her interruption in his history, I suppose, uh, he is starting to fall for Hela. Yeah. Um, so that that's quite interesting. Yeah, exactly. Mm. But, you know, she's not ready yet. And so ultimately escapes, uh, you know, being Helped by the mm. face slash ass creature. Uh, also, uh, <laughs> a, a Dijang, or as we knew from Shang-Chi and the Ten Rings, yep. Morris. Yes. Um, who, who befriended Trevor Slashery. Exactly. Um, and I like how the, the quips still, mm. you know, were, were coming and certainly around that with, you know, it's not the first time I followed an arse into war or into <laughs> battle. And, um, you know, all this, uh, it was just really good mm-hmm. as they go into the bamboo forest that we saw from shang chi yeah. um and again that you know i've not survived a thousand years of war to die at the hands of foliage i mean it was all <laughs> so it good. was just such great sort of dialogue for me i yeah. loved it oh so good really, and really good kate blanchett's delivery as well it was just this kind of 
exhausted thousand year old sort mm. of deadpan of like uh i mean if i didn't think i could be surprised by anything but i am but i just haven't the energy to do exactly exactly and to goddess like <laughs> why know? can't it just be easier it should be much more <laughs> yeah. simple for me because everything comes so simply to her exactly that. and yeah. that was the other side of it it's that yeah. you know suddenly she's having to work and um, mm -hmm. at stuff and this yeah. really is what comes into play in talo mm -hmm. uh, and with jai um who teaches hella to unite spirit and balance you know i i loved where she's questioning her about well, what do you want to do what is it that you hope to find and it's when Wu, so i can yes. kill him but no it's also so i can kill odin yes and actually then it's just met this woman frigga who i'm not that fussed on and so <laughs> yeah i don't really like her either Absolutely. and it's like so actually, it, there's three people yeah, that i'm so, after yeah so it's all really petty <laughs> Absolutely. Um, and in the end you know uh jai gets to the crux of it which is you know told really well through little flashbacks mm. and with the backstory that we saw at the start with her and Odin, which yeah. is, you know, all the time she has been ordered and told that she is the goddess of death mm -hmm. and she will fight. She is a warmonger. She will cause death. Yeah. Um, and what she's looking for ultimately is freedom, freedom from control and that freedom to choose her own path which she kind of you know embraces and goes to do even yeah. though you know before all this her mind was well is there anyone that wants to join my ranks and take <laughs> over the world you know all this kind of stuff so yeah i really enjoyed this uh, I, whole premise and yeah. i liked how it played out a lot yeah i thought it was really really good and it just it, it also fits the mood and themes of shang chi as well that, yeah. that that's um were explored so well in that movie you know that that was one of the big compliments we had for it that they created another society similar to what we talked about about the um the first peoples in uh, the previous episode and about the Mesoamericans and, and Black Panther and, and Wakandans and uh, and the original Black Panther movie. So um so again it was another movie that had a great uh, perspective on the history of uh, these types of characters in the Marvel yeah. universe and it it's taken a really good uh, look at it here uh, and adding to this uh, really interesting story. Um I think I think it's really really fantastic. I love that they're able to effectively con convince the goddess of death to come to their cause. And that's how she convinces them to let her join them is what a big boon it would be for you if you were able to get the goddess of death to come and join <laughs> uh, and join your uh, your um, side of the argument Absolutely. i guess so, uh, so that was quite cool and uh, there is little references in there as well where she talks about you know i am you know i am hella i am uh, i am a, a demon from another world and they talk about the fact that this community is there to protect demons coming through from the other world that's their job you know just like doctor strange's job is to protect um people from other dimensions coming through or yeah. demons from other dimensions coming through uh, they have a similar job so um so they're talking about the their uh role as protectors against the dweller in the darkness which again we saw in shang chi so, yeah like yeah. i loved how when she came across tao lao she almost breathed in that magical cosmic energy you mm. know and she's like i'm not aware of such magic and that existed on Midgard mm -hmm. in the same way then that Odin uh, has the same kind of view once Heimdall reports to him yes. and ultimately 
precipitates Odin coming to Midgard mm -hmm. and setting up um, the, the, that kind of huge end sequence and battle sequence between yeah. Odin, Hela, uh, with Wenwu. Yeah. But, um, and that was, I just thought was really, really epic. Yeah. I really enjoyed that. And just then seeing how the different techniques that Jayai had uh, sort of imparted to uh, Hela, you know, you know, things like practicing the art of breath, mm -hmm. you know, the paper folding, the sort of the laundry stuff, um, mm -hmm. and and all the martial arts. I really liked how it kind of mirrored some of the moves that you had seen them practicing Absolutely. and Hela learning then in the battle uh with odin yeah yeah absolutely i thought this this battle was so cool just yeah. this idea that effectively um they're fighting against the old father um you know we, we saw the confidence of when we earlier on when he allowed hella go and try and get her crown back because he's got the ten rings they are so powerful that he's been able to lead armies and crush nations yeah. almost um but he talks about the fact that he's here as a protector for the planet and if they join together they can both be protectors and here we have Odin coming in because of exactly as you said John the um the information being passed to him by, from Heimdall now Heimdall's supposed to be a really nice guy uh, we we tend to like Heimdall from all of the movies that we've that he's appeared in but just the fact that he goes and tells teacher that he's that he's lost Hela and sends Odin on uh, going to earth you know it, well, he's it's all seeing isn't he, he so is, i yeah. guess he's a bit like the secret police you can just uh, you know, he he's able to pass like strategic or tactical information yeah. to Odin, which is what he does here. Yeah, uh, you but know? I, there's there's something about the way Odin reacts to it that you know you hear uh, Hela saying that Odin's here destroying the nation or fighting against the against Wenwu and the nation outside uh, of uh, Taolo because in her name is what what she says, and there's something about the way that it's delivered from Odin that actually you feel. He's almost jealous or angry that a human has such powerful yeah. weapons as the Ten Rings, and he kind of wants them for himself, or at least to put into his um, his museum on Asgard, like he did with the Tesseract, like he did with other items of power before. But it's it, it's almost something like Odin just can't handle anybody else having power in the in the uh, in the multiverse or in the realms. No, exactly. Yeah. I love how you know. The, the action is great here. I think, you know, the animation is great oh, in yeah. this, this well, across the whole episode, but in this fight scene. I love that Hela defies Ozan, you know, mm -hmm. she no longer wants to be his right hand woman, you know, his weapon for mm -hmm. his conquests. Um and, you know, ultimately uh she wants to end the violence once and for all mm -hmm. and earns Odin's throne, you know. He's, and against his expectation, I guess Odin ultimately realizes he has been defeated and yes. actually she has gone off and done what he commanded. Exactly. And so, in a sense, it suddenly de-escalates very quickly because yeah. he can respect that and understand that yeah. and so gives her the throne to Asgard mm -hmm. and then she's able to forge this alliance with Wenwu to unite those realms under a peaceful banner yeah yeah allow them their own freedom and working together uh, more than anything else and this is really significant because yeah. 
you know, again, we are saying that this is taking a lot from Thor, um, the original Thor movie and Thor being center to learn humility, to learn to use Mjolnir correctly. And the reason why was because he was next in line for the throne, for Odin's throne. And Odin was always supposed to hand over the throne to Thor. Yeah. And um, that was the whole point of, of the original movie. But we never got a battle like this. We never got Thor versus Odin for the throne of Asgard. We got Thor versus the Destroyer, right? Yeah. Uh, and then he comes back uh, after learning um, the ways that he needed to to learn and then decides that he's going to become an Avenger, decides that he's not going to take the throne. Here, Odin steps out of the way. The Allfather moves out yeah. of the way and gives Hela the right to take on the throne. She is the eldest child, as we learned in, in Ragnarok. She is the next in line for the throne at that time. So I think I just think it's very interesting that um, it spins out very differently. It's almost like Odin going, oh, well, actually, you've got much better ideas than I do. Um, so It's, it's like uh, he's abdicating. Exactly. And yeah, ultimately, yeah. and yeah. I mean, that's, you know, to the third point of, mm-hmm. you know, what if the universe was changed forever? Yeah. He abdicates. And so Odin is no longer this all-father. Mm-hmm. And the nine realms are effectively almost united or, or, or protected by this alliance between Wenwu and Hela. And yeah. it's almost like Star Trek Federation type. Basically. Uh, but again, Hela's ambition f- leaks through because it's to go beyond the nine realms mm-hmm. a- and to um, the cosmos, and uh, uh, you know, and to protect where she can the people of the cosmos. Absolutely. So I mean, there's almost a hint of a flavor of Captain Marvel here, mm. you know, after the first movie mm-hmm. where she's wanting to use her newly acquired powers in order mm-hmm. to protect people. You know, beyond Earth, beyond uh, Cree civilization. Yeah, you know? yeah. So, Going out um, to the cosmos yeah. and saving, saving them all. Yeah, uh, I, I just think this is so interesting. Again, that the uh, what spins out of these choices, as I said right at the start, this idea of the uh, the person that is bringing her up, as in Odin, has turned her into this massive weapon, and then gets a bit scared when she wants to continue being a weapon, and here mm-hmm. she relearns a different approach and is now. And even better all father than Odin is because yeah. she's uniting everybody under freedom. I think that's really cool. As and she that, says, I gave peace a chance. Exactly, exactly. Um, and then we have the final kind of reference to another MCU movie in, in, uh, in how the universe has changed forever. And here we see that moment when Hela and her entire army, uh, including when we swoop into Gamora's home planet just around the time that Thanos yeah. is about to kill half of the planet which is uh, one of his earliest actions in his plan to half the universe to destroy half yeah. the universe uh, and catch him just in time so before his realization of his plan at all has kicked off uh, he's got hella on his back right now to exactly. take him out so massive moment to uh, to stop um, the future of Thanos in this in this universe yeah absolutely mm. No, really good, really good. Uh, loved this. I loved, yeah, when we were kind of running mm-hmm. on the Ten Rings, yeah. you had Morris, the Dijang, um, bottom first or face first, <laughs> flying through the yeah. cosmos to help as well. So cool, so cool. Really enjoyed it. Uh, any other notes from the episode? Anything else you want to uh, quickly reference, John? Uh, no, nothing uh, from me. I think said most of what I wanted to from 
uh, this episode. Yeah, the only uh, little quick notes that I wanted, I did really like uh, Hella when she's starting out on the path with uh, with Jai uh, in Taolo. She's ta- she thinks she's going to be learning this massive, amazing martial art, uh, and that's all she wants. She wants just extra power, more things, uh, and and her the thing she really wants most is uh, maybe fire daggers. Fire daggers <laughs> as a weapon yeah. be the thing she wants. And as she has that battle with Odin later later on, there are some pieces of metal on the ground that turn into effectively what she wants the fire daggers yeah. and it is used uh, in the battle with Odin as well so I thought that was quite cool that she actually did get what she wanted um, but just a different path to, yes. to us right so uh, I thought that was that was quite a fun little, uh, little ending there um, just to reference as well we don't have um, all the actors back even though we do have Kate Blanchett back here as as Hela um, we actually don't get Tony Leung uh, who played the role of Wenwu so brilliantly in Shang-Chi he doesn't come back for, for this role Um when we was played in the show by Fyodor Chin. Oh, that was quite interesting. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah it was quite cool. Uh, well, Derek, uh, just leads me to ask you, do you defend this episode of What If? Yeah, I absolutely do defend this uh, this episode. I thought it was going to be a different storyline. I thought we were going to catch back up with uh, with Shang Chi uh, in in this episode, which I thought would be kind of cool. I'd like to see uh, Shang Chi side by side with Hela because they just are such different characters I thought it would have been quite an interesting story but it actually makes more sense uh, to have someone as powerful as Wang Wu coming up against a god you know that's quite that's quite cool having the two of them side by side and potentially falling in love although they don't they don't say it. They don't say that that's what happens to Wenwu. Um, but that's his storyline from uh, from Shang-Chi is that he falls in love and changes his ways here. He at least has an admiration for Hela yeah. and um, changes his ways, becomes the protector of Gal- the galaxy or the the cosmos i guess um that's that's a really interesting uh change i, I really liked it really liked the episode i thought it was um they i thought they were able to take the story in just different ways but similar in in tone and style to shang chi some of the things we liked most about that movie are still present within uh this story here and great to see Kate blanchett back she seems to be having a wonderful time once again uh in this yeah, and, absolutely uh, you know with all my um regular comments of my dislike of Thor Ragnarok I feel that what does get lost is Kate Blanchett was excellent in that movie she was really good fun to watch on screen so uh, so good to have her back here and get a, a, another chance at the role of Hela yeah. yeah overall really liked it and Boris School as well flying arse is always good in, uh, in animation isn't it absolutely <laughs> John how about yourself do you defend season 2 episode 7 of What If What If Hela Found the Ten Rings yeah, I really do, really do defend this episode. I give it five lodged crowns out of five. This, this episode really, really grew on me. Um, like I've seen it three times now and mm. I just loved the writing from start to finish. I loved the concept of it. It wasn't what I was expecting, not in the sense of Shang-Chi, but mm-hmm. in the sense of I thought she was going to use them, um, for herself mm. uh, so i liked almost this redemptive arc that came through yeah and um, i loved in in talao with the jai um training hella up i loved her mm-hmm. fighting against uh odin in the battle sequence i thought cool. um also the teaming up with wen wu i just loved all of this it really felt very like positive, great sort of tempo to this episode. Um, and so, yeah, for me, five lodged crowns out of five. Fantastic. Is that three, five out of five I in a row? So, yeah, I've yeah. really enjoyed some of the, these episodes. Yeah, Captain Carter, um, Curry, yeah. and this one. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. And they are, they have been really uh, extra special. Uh, these last three episodes have been great fun. Yeah. Excellent stuff. So, John, 
What if we had some feedback? Indeed, yeah. and we do. We do. Uh, first off, we have some emails through. Um, firstly, on episode five by M- Meryl Smith, who says, What if we got a Cliff Notes version of Winter Soldier and turned it into a Black Widow movie, which came years earlier than it was supposed to? Look how easy it was to do marvel mm-hmm. i'm now curious how the budapest situation went with clint in this version and what natasha's relationship with yelena or if it even happened mm. yeah very good but certainly changes a foot there yeah and yeah. um, given uh this uh change up to the the winter soldier storyline yeah, yeah yeah it's quite quite significant differences there isn't it yeah and you're right. I mean, I always have to remind myself how much I enjoyed the Black Widow um, mm-hmm. movie and just how I wish it had been earlier, like yeah. you're you're saying there, Meryl, because it really felt right. And it, I, you can just sense the the possibilities with feeding into things like the Winter Soldier yeah. or whatever with the Red Room and and what have you. Yeah, exactly. If it hadn't taken ten years to make, effectively, yeah, exactly. for some bizarre reason. Um, yeah, just I remember when we watched it, that was our review of Black Widow. If it just had come out uh, a couple of years beforehand, it would have slotted in really well uh, in the other movies, and yeah. you can kind of watch it in that order now. Uh, apart from uh, a couple of little uh, post credits things. Excellent. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Meryl Smith also had some thoughts on episode six as well. Um, Meryl says. I gotta say I love the introduction of Kahori mm-hmm. a great new addition and I look forward in seeing what this character will go to do next and which MCU series it'll be mm-hmm. also how powerful is Kahori and what are the limits to the power well exactly I mean her power is ultimately coming from an infinity stone exactly so yeah, yeah she's got the power and so does her people um here but Mm. it seems as though she was able to channel it much better or at least she took on the the leadership role um just because of coming from um her burning village and realizing this power could be used to sort of save them protect them uh, and rescue uh her villagers um from the the chains of the the Spanish Conquisition. So I I kind of really kind of enjoyed that as yeah. well. So yeah, that's very good. good. So I've never heard anybody call it uh, the Spanish Conquisition before. Nobody expects the Spanish Conquisition. <laughs> it's a new Monty Python sketch <laughs> <laughs> coming soon. <laughs> uh, good stuff. But how powerful is is Kiori? I would presume again there were other characters that. Uh, Got their powers from uh, from the Tesseract, from the from the the stone that particular stone, uh, like Captain Marvel, like Scarlet Witch, who are both massively powerful. So uh, you would assume that her level of power is yeah. around that around that style. Uh, as for what the limits of the power are, we definitely don't know that yet. No. So that, that'll have to be explored. And I hope it is uh, in in future comics and in future uh, moments in the MCU as well, uh, and I, maybe later on in the season of What If. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Absolutely. Thanks, Meryl. Absolutely. Thanks so much, Meryl, for your thoughts uh, on these episodes. Uh, We also got an email in from Coffee and Vodka, of course, who says, Greetings, fellow ringed-in defenders. A decent attempt at a standalone story, though it felt more like a highlight reel than an episode. Character motivation, actions, and events came about too suddenly. Despite its potential, held as one of my favourite characters, this was more a cry for longer episodes than a proper instalment. Three when wooings, assistants and ring tossers out of five. Peace and take care. Coffee and vodka. 
<laughs> I really <laughs> like that. Uh, coffee and vodka. Yeah, absolutely. Good yeah. stuff. Coffee and vodka. Uh, assistance. Yeah. Uh, very good. Yeah. Uh, I don't even know that I managed to pronounce that properly then. I think it's arse assistance. Arse assistance. Arse assistance. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, one thing I will say, there is a line from Hella when she's, uh, when she's with, uh, Jai in, in Taolo. Uh, there's a line for when she goes to get her dragon scale armor, yeah. uh, and puts it on where she's saying, uh, Odin's attacking outside, uh, in my name. And I was going, well, how does she know that? Because she's not watching outside. She's not getting any no. information from the outside. Well, she, no, she like, saw um, Heimdall's rainbow hmm. bridge come down, but it could be anyone. Also. Exactly. It could be yeah. anything or any, anyone going on. It felt like there was another scene there that somebody had come in with the warning of what's going on outside. Yeah. Um, and that hadn't been left in the episode or something like that. Or she knows her father too well. Maybe that was it. Maybe yeah. that's it. <laughs> Good stuff. Thanks, Coffee and Vodka. Yeah, thanks, Coffee and Vodka. Also, over on our Facebook group, we got feedback. First up, Heather Wallace says, Odin really was a terrible father, wasn't mm-hmm. he? I liked Hela's escape across the rooftops, very reminiscent of Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Mm-hmm. Are there film references in each episode? I picked up Blade Runner, Die Hard already. The Russian-American village in Peggy Carter's episode could be The Experts. Mm. Mm. I don't think I know that movie. No, I haven't heard that one. So... It could very well be, Heather. Yeah. Um, certainly the first few definitely had those, um, very explicit, uh, movie references. Yeah. Uh, outside of the MCU. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, I mean, you could argue that that sort of running across the tiles, it's also very classic, um, sort of image that you can get, Absolutely. um, in Asian films for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, even the bamboo, that. you know, like mm-hmm. I know it moved on itself, but like in Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, where they, they're using that in swordplay yeah. as well, you yeah, know? Absolutely. So yeah, it was all, um, had that flavor for sure. Absolutely. If anybody else picks up any uh, movie references that we're not uh, not catching, or uh, any, of course, any anything that we're not catching, uh, please let us know. Uh, some really good ones there, though. Heather, we also got a message in from Jeff Childs who says that was a particularly good episode. Five out of five flaming knives from me. Excellent, Jeff. Yeah, yeah. completely agree. Good stuff. Victor Von Doom says, "Great episode. I can't get enough of Kate Blanchett." Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, uh, so Kate good. Blanchett was so good in this. Yeah, yeah. Really, really good. And finally, on Facebook, Dr. Bob Phillips says, Hidden Death God Crouching Oven Ready Chicken with Wings. That <laughs> uh, could have been the working title for this episode. Like the twist on Ten Rings, the mystical land and the rejection of childhood trauma in this one. Plus, the followed Nars into battle line has to be one of the best of the whole <laughs> absolutely, season. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, totally agree. And that's a great working title, uh, but even worse um, to spell out every time I'm typing the episode notes. So <laughs> Excellent stuff. Thanks so much, uh, Dr. Bob. And Mm -hmm. of course, also Victor Von Doom and Jeff Childs as well. Good stuff. Absolutely. Yep. Thanks so much uh, for your feedback for this episode. just a reminder that we are staying in the MCU for quite a while longer. We've got uh, two more episodes of uh, of What If to come. Uh, next week, we're going to be talking about What If Season 2, Episode 8, What If the Avengers Were Formed in 1602. Yeah. Uh, then we have the finale of What If, and coming from January 10th, we will have Echo with all five episodes releasing on Disney+. Plus. A reminder for those of you who just have Disney+, Plus, though, you may have to make sure you have your adult settings uh, changed on Disney+, Plus, or else you're not going to be able to see uh, oh, Echo. Interesting, yeah. 
it's, uh, it's mature only if you're in the US. Oh, so mature. Mature, yes. Yeah. So you have to have your settings blue changed. Blue cheese. Or else it doesn't come up. Um, kind of like blue cheese, but yeah, slightly like a nice different. Still that. <laughs> or gorgonzola. Right. But I am very much looking forward to Echo uh, when it comes yeah, out me next too. week. Um, it seems like it's going to be setting up uh, the future Daredevil in, uh, in this version of the MCU, right? Yeah, we'll have to get the echo function on our podcast, so we'll just be giving an echoey <laughs> podcast. I, I think we do that uh, naturally without, <laughs> without any work uh, from from our uh, our systems. Uh, good stuff. But thanks so much, everybody, for your thoughts on the episode. I hope you've been enjoying joining us for What If This Season. Still two more episodes to go, uh, so you still have time to email us to feedback at tvpodcastindustries.com or pop on over to our Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash TV Podcast Industries. The spoiler post up there for each episode of What If Season 2 where you can leave your thoughts. Yes, and of course, please remember to subscribe to the podcast and of course, share the podcast as well because sharing the podcast is, of course, sharing, sharing the, the love. love. Yes, it is. Yes, Excellent it is. stuff. Thanks so much for joining us, fellow defenders, for this episode of What If Until Episode 8. Keep watching, keep listening, and of course, keep defending. Bye. Bye. Bye.